stupid sequence the show where we make ranked lists of things that don't matter because arguing with your friends is front mm. nope it might be it might also try be that fun. again let's try, try that again try it again better this time hello and welcome to stupid sequence the show where we make ranked lists of things that don't matter because arguing with your friends is fun i'm your host josh and i'm scott that's not a host anymore he's just here yeah uh, we're at episode 35 this week I'm going to start with a quick summary of what the show is. Uh, so normally, so many. normally we, uh, yeah, 35, a lot of episodes, you know, well over a year at this point. Uh, we are usually creating a ranked list of something that's usually media related. Scott and I will pick a topic for the show and each come prepared with a list of 10. We did that this week, but uh, normally we go and create a unified list at the end and have arguments and stuff we're not doing that this week because this week is our new year extravaganza where uh we are going to talk about what was our favorite stuff from 2023 if uh, longtime listeners may remember we said we were going to do this last year and we did but technical issues destroyed the podcast so this time uh hopefully that doesn't happen hooray so yeah we're uh we're we're not here to argue this time. We're just here to celebrate uh, our favorite stuff from the year. So we're going to do that. But first, we have some housekeeping. We do? Yeah, we do. Um, Scott, you and I were recently in the same house. Some might even say it was your house. It's true. Um, and I was uh, coerced into watching mm, a film. That coerced is a strong word. I was uh, guilted into watching a film. Mm, it, it was my gift, all right? This was my, uh, we my gift to you, along really. With, along with my, my sister, Leah, uh, we watched... Shout out to Leah. What's up, Leah? Surf Ninjas. Yes, we did. I had my first viewing of Surf Ninjas. Oh, man, how many is it for me? It's not my first, I'll tell you that. <laughs> uh, and... I, I, I will openly admit, Surf Ninjas, not as bad as I anticipated. Important to note, Surf Ninjas, still a bad movie. No, come <laughs> but, on. But it was tolerable. Okay, I'll, I'll accept two, that. Two out, of, two out of five stars. For you. Your sister For gave me. it 2.5 out of five. Did she? Yes, I remember. I yeah. also have yeah. a, an excerpt anticipating this conversation from your okay. sister that okay. I will read to you now. Okay. I am maybe paraphrasing a little bit, but it says surf ninjas was a perfectly adequate nineties comedy. And there you go. That's all, all right. you need to know. Actually, no, there's a lot more here. I, I completely disregarded the majority of the quote. <laughs> <laughs> the quote is while surf ninjas was a perfectly adequate nineties comedy, it's severely that, that, brought that. down by two things. Having a total of two surfing scenes, mm, arguably there's more than that, but... Yeah, there's okay. very little surfing in this and, movie. And having no ninjas past the first act, which also, not true, because there's ninjas in the final act. Barely. Also, the, the, there's not a, there's, a single there's ninja a small surfs. Amount of ninja. What's the point? Thank you, yeah. Leah. 
Yeah. Uh, there are at least three surfing scenes and multiple moto surfing scenes. The, the it's opening a montage. The, the opening montage, I'm going to say, kind of doesn't count. What? No, it definitely counts. It's surfing. It's setting the mood. There are people surfing that are not our main characters. No, they are the main characters. Are they? Yes. I don't remember. Oh, yeah. Come on. There's who, no story Who happening. has seen this movie? No, it's like know. typical 90s rock and roll intro with like some background stuff going on. I, I, I also want to mention, while Ernie Reyes Sr., Ernie Reyes Jr., and Philip Tan uh, have some martial arts chops in this film, absolutely no one else does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's that's pretty much this, accurate. Uh, the the the, uh, <clears throat> the fight choreography that is happening here is uh, wildly entertaining. Yeah, couldn't agree more. I'm gonna be generous and say somewhat lacking. I mean, there's some fun, interesting techniques that they use: the squid, the chopsticks, all those different flips been, into things. I would have been prepared to give this movie an extra half star. If Rob Schneider got kicked in the head. Hmm. And that didn't happen, so. Yeah. The closest we came missed, was missed the, opportunity. the tightening of the bandana on his head. Also, worth noting, Rob Schneider is supposed to be like 18 in this movie, and he was 30 when they filmed it. Yeah. I didn't realize that. Definitely looks young. I don't know if he looks 17, but he looks pretty no. young. I, I would have guessed 25, but he was 30. Yeah. Well, either anyway. way, you are now among an elite group. Those that have seen Surf Ninjas and benefited from the ways. Congratulations. I don't know about benefit, this is the way. This is I the have, way. In fact, I have, in fact, watched Surf Ninjas, and now I have context. I guess you're uh, just going to have to watch it again, because it definitely gets better the more you mm, watch it. Mm, we'll, but we'll see. I would settle for watching three ninjas instead how about three ninjas kickback mm, not a priority but it's well let's dig into let's dig into some actual list here um let's let's start with uh 10 to 5 or 10 to 6 is here and then maybe we'll do some side stuff yeah all right how's that sound Sure, hit me, sure, sure, hit me sure. up with your number 10. My number 10 was added moments ago when I oh. realized that this song actually did come out in 2023. Okay. And it, it unseated uh, nothing special. So I, not really a huge upset. Oh, here. real quick. Yeah. Real quick before we continue. Yeah. Uh, did, no real rules here. Um, we're kind of trying to talk about media that came out this year. But beyond that, if you want to do multiple from the same person or whatever, um, multiple, same franchise, same creator, whatever, who cares? This is just our favorite stuff this yeah, year. I, I would like to point out, I really don't want you to say, all right, uh, Mandalorian episode one, episode seven, episode six, episode no, no, five. No, no, no. Like, no. come on. <laughs> That's not. If I'm that talking be, about TV, that would be asinine. <laughs> the, what, the way that I organized it is, uh, if I'm talking about TV, I'm talking about a season of television. Yes. Okay. Okay. Well, number ten is a song that I realized moments ago that came out this year. It is a remake of a 2006 song by the artist Cascada. The song is "Every Time We Every Touch." Every time we touch. I was guessing. Yeah, yes. that's the only Cascada song I know. Yes, fair enough. So they have... I get the feeling. They have re-released this song in a metalcore f- 
fashion from the German uh, band no Electric Callboy. And boy, is it entertaining. That song, you know, was pretty big in uh, techno scenes oh, it, and yeah, school know, dances and whatever for it. I mean, even weddings, I feel like they played it for years and years. And this is a fairly popular song for anyone who was raised in our generation. Sure. A very conventionally popular Europop song. Well, this is a metalcore version of that. It has a nice breakdown in it, but it still harkens back to the same song and, and feels just as good. It's entertaining. I've shown enough people it that I was like, yeah, this is worth adding onto my list. Because I've, I've brought it up to a few different people, and I, I feel like it's entertaining enough. And I've listened to it a few times. So, yep, made it number 10. Good song. Nice, nice. Uh, call back to uh, when, when we were younger. And just, just good. Just overall pretty good. I enjoy that song. I have not heard this new one. Um, you know. I don't know if you'll like the new one as much. But it's not a ton of metal. But it's enough that you might not like it. <laughs> I like some metal. I would be talking about some metal, not on my top 10 list, but maybe in a side list. Okay, well, why don't we, uh, why don't we come back to that? I'll send you a link later. All right. What's your number 10? My number 10 is uh, the first of several TV entries on my list. Uh, I really liked uh, Star Trek Strange New World Season 2 that aired this year. Uh, I believe yeah, in the, the Lost podcast last year, I talked about... Uh, Star uh, Strange New World season one and how it was like shockingly great, uh, really fantastic, really good encapsulation of, uh, you know, uh, old what old star old episodic Star Trek felt felt like because all of the rest of the newer Star Trek shows have been trying to do like the modern prestige TV thing mm -hmm. and Strange New Worlds not about that. We're here to do like, you know. Now, I wouldn't say it feels that much like 60s Star Trek, but it feels like, I, I think it feels more like 90s Star Trek. It's set on the, uh, the classic Enterprise, the, the time before Kirk was the captain. Uh, and, you know, Spock's there and Uhura's there and a handful of other folks that, you know, Kirk, Kirk shows up from time to time, you know, obviously recast. Um, but uh, let me tell you what, the Why storytelling that, that they're doing. Okay, go ahead. The, the storytelling that they're doing on this show and it, it's it it's really really well done and feels like star trek traditional star trek should feel to me as someone who has watched just about every piece of star trek that's out there for better or for worse there's a lot of bad star trek out there i'm not one of these people out there who are like every bit of star trek's good because boy it sure isn't <laughs> But Strange New Worlds is uh, such a breath of new life into the franchise that um, I haven't been uh, as excited about the franchise as I am since, I don't know, uh, the, uh, the, that first J.J. Abrams movie that I quite enjoyed. Hmm. I enjoyed that one as well. So, uh, really great cast here. Um, really, f uh, Anson Mount is playing Christopher Pike, and he's just fantastic got incredible hair uh one of the i so my wife and i watch this show with uh again my sister leah we watch all the star trek stuff with her shout out to her again um Ooh, one of the yeah. things we always talk about is uh 
the people on this show are very attractive. They they got a very good looking cast together for this show. Yeah. It's just a lot of style and a lot of uh just a lot of great great characterization. They they do a great job with these characters and just making them work together like a crew in the way that you want a Star Trek to do, you know. So uh so yeah, number ten for me. Season two Strange New Worlds uh takes that first season that i think was really really well and i think just furthers that in the direction of we're just getting bigger and better from there and i'm really impressed by it nice yeah you've mentioned this show to me a couple of times and uh, your wife also mentioned that she really enjoyed it so probably worth a sneak see a peek see at one point but yeah it's worth it it's 10 episodes so you know you can get through it pretty quick good to know yeah, that's my number 10. What do you got for number nine? Number nine is a streamer that I happen to watch a decent amount of this year. Uh, and this is significant because two reasons. One, I don't really watch streamers all that much. Like, it's pretty rare. If I'm watching a stream, it's for a specific purpose. Like, my kid is playing in a tournament and I'm watching the stream to watch him play. Or I'm watching it because there's some kind of other event going on and I want to catch the event, not because I just want to watch a streamer with any kind of regularity. Uh, but in this case I did. Um, that was the first reason because I don't usually watch streamers. And the second reason was there's a world of Warcraft streamer uh-huh. and his name is mad season show. He is a traditional like wow classic streamer and he's got a really deep, voice he's very calm demeanor and he produced a number of youtube videos over the past few years that i i really enjoyed and he quit wow for like two years um and uh, i basically forgot about him but then this past year there were some changes with the world of warcraft scene and he came back, and as a result, he started producing content again and started streaming. And it has been pretty entertaining. Good, relaxing stream, some interesting information in it. So it feels educational on the game as well as just general, like, streamer stuff. He also does trivia, which is pretty fun. And uh, he and I had a direct conversation because he, during one of his streams, mentioned fantasy football and as you can imagine the venn diagram of people who know fantasy football and also world of warcraft is not a very big overlap and so i just started throwing comments out there like oh you're gonna make that trade have you considered this this and this and i started throwing some more details in there and he's just chilling out in the game reading this chat getting a better understanding of the trade and he's like man thanks a lot like and he didn't end up making the trade because he's like, no, I'm not going to do it because you told me not to. And I'm like, good. That's smart. Turns out I was Scott, right. Scott, the uh, local World of Warcraft fantasy football expert. I should really create a character in the game just so I can give out fantasy football advice. Are there, fa- are there fantasy football streamers? Uh, thing? Uh, there are podcasts and shows with sure. some frequency where people talk about fantasy football on a weekly basis but i don't know that there are streams that discuss it I, there's got to be that's not something i follow but 
Um, that, that seems like something that would exist. Sure. As someone who could not possibly have less interest in fantasy football, not that I hate all sports or anything, or that I, I, I enjoy watching some football. I don't do it often, but I do enjoy it. Boy, do I not like Ooh, fantasy go Lions. stuff. Go Lions. Uh, spoken like somebody who didn't make the playoffs, whereas I am sitting pretty with two playoff victories, one in each of my leagues. Listen. Mo- moving into the next round. I have participated in one fantasy football thing ever. How long and ago was that, though? We did this. I was in high school. Uh, yeah. It's we, developed no, a lot on. since then. Hold on. Okay. We put, we put together the whole... Uh, we did the draft and everything. We got the team set up. I never touched anything ever again. And I got second place. And everyone hated me. Is that, is that anecdotal? I'm, uh, so I'm retiring at the top of my game. Uh, okay. Congratulations for putting in the least amount of effort. Yep. That's why everyone hated me. It was great. That sounds admirable. <laughs> What's your number nine? Wait. Why? Let me oh. cap this by saying, for anybody who hasn't seen Mad Season's Pandora's Box video, of World of Warcraft, it premiered in 2021, so it's not 2023 media, but it is easily his best video. It, it's it's as long as a movie, but it is very good. All about the start and the buildup of WoW and kind of the fall from glory. Very good. Highly recommend if you're interested in WoW. Mad Season. Pandora's Box. Anyway, what's your number nine? All right, my number nine is we're gonna stick with TV. Uh, yeah, I watch another TV second sometimes. season, another second season of a show. Uh, this one is the Wheel of Time, uh, which uh, you may have heard. I, I may have talked about Wheel of Time a little bit on the show before in terms of the books. I mm-hmm, really like these books a lot. One of my absolute favorite book series of all time. Uh, and two years ago now, they started the show, and then. Doing the uh, doing the show, and then we had to wait two whole years for the second season. But that second season was worth the wait because it was better than the first one. I, I thought the fir- I liked the first season pretty well. Uh, they made you know they're making a good amount of changes because you have to with Wheel of Time. It's fifteen books long, and uh, they're not going to let you make fifteen seasons of of a, f- a high budget fantasy TV show. That's just not going to happen. No, instead they'll do what ten and ruin the last one. Uh, they're shooting for eight, actually, just like Game of Thrones did. Mm. Um, but they're actually, the difference here is there's an ending to Wheel of Time already, so they don't have to make things up. Um, but so they they're might. doing they're doing some stuff where they're condensing things, and I, I'm actually in favor of most of the changes that they've made so far. Um, the one change they made in season one that I don't think is good Um and there was a, a change they made early season two that I was unhappy about. And then by the end of the season, they wrapped it around to a place where I'm totally happy and like, okay, this is actually quite good. Um, so they paid it off at the end. So, you know, building up some faith um, in the showrunners here. Um, good job, Rafe Judkins, uh, the guy who is adapting all this. Um, nice. That's good. Um, they're doing good stuff. The, the second season, the action, I think, has gotten better. Um, the actors are getting time to, you know, sink their teeth into these roles more. We're getting more character development. We're getting more opportunities for Wheel Time is a series that is 
a little bit of a slow start. Um, it takes a little while for some of the key characters, especially to really kind of uh, the story to kind of delve into why they're really worth caring about. Um, and the show, I think, is doing a good job of accelerating that process, which I appreciate. Mm-hmm. It also was able to recover from the guy who played one of my all-time favorite characters, um, Matt Cawthon, um, in the first season, actually left the show after that first season, and they had to recast him for the second season. And they handled that extremely well, and the new guy, I think, is better than the old one was, and they did wow. just do a really good job of it. So That's pretty high praise. Yeah, I was impressed. Very nice. As someone who's coming into this show with really high standards for this is one of my all-time favorite fantasy series, they're doing, I think, a remarkably good job adapting it. Much better than, say, like, The Witcher TV show is doing, which is just completely off the rails at this point. Isn't that one of the reasons that uh, What's-His-Face left? Henry Cavill, that's rumored. Okay. Um, Certainly, but... I thought it was um, confirmed by him. That he I don't believe specifically he's, uh, had creative differences and he was a fan and felt like they weren't doing justice to the series. That's, that's okay. definitely, uh, th- that's definitely heavily, heavily rumored. Mm, okay. I, I'm not familiar, so I guess I shouldn't, I'll, I guess that is the definition of a rumor. I your will. personal, your personal friends with Henry Cavill, what did he tell you? You know, he is a World of Warcraft player. <laughs> he's into a lot of nerdy shit. Yeah, he is. Seems like he'd be a pretty likable guy. We should invite him to our next board game night. We'll get him on the podcast. Henry, I know you're listening. Call us up. Yeah, just send us an email. Stupidsequence sure. at gmail.com. Well, I mean, we, get, we get so get much email, we probably won't see your email in there, but... We read every email. All yeah, that, that's, that's true. Anyway, that's my number nine. Wheel Time, season two. Really great season of TV. What's your number eight? My number eight is one that made my list last year, but it was season one. This is season two of Reacher. Ah, okay. And I I need to specify here because the entire second season has not been released yet. Oh, okay. Only the first three episodes were released this past week. And episode four is coming out tomorrow and... Uh, subsequent weeks they're releasing another episode to a total of eight episodes so the it will actually complete in this next year Um, that being said what i have seen so far is quite good it is it as good as the first not yet but i feel like it's definitely teeing it up that the next few episodes are going to be very very worthwhile good payoff at least that's what i'm hoping for we'll know for sure when it maybe makes my list next year well most of what i know about this show is that the dude playing the main guy is absolutely jacked yeah he is is very muscular he is and uh he's also very good at playing this character he does the strong silent type very well and I'm, I'm impressed with his acting. They're hearkening back to some origin stuff and bringing in cast that were kind of alluded to from the first season. So it, it kind of comes full circle. So I'm, I'm looking forward to unwrapping this mystery because right now it's very much still a mystery. Um, 
but I'm only a few seasons, a few episodes in, and so far so good. I have high hopes for it. That's why I made it number eight. I have a show on my honorable mentions that I'm in a similar situation with. What's we'll your number eight? My number eight is uh, first video game on the list. We're gonna shockingly gonna hear more about video games from me later, but um. This one no. is one of my favorites from the year. It's a favorite franchise of mine. Have you heard of the Super Mario Brothers? Hmm. Is that in any way related to Mario? Yeah, Super Mario. Oh, okay. Um, and his brother Luigi are uh, plumbers. Or as my kids say, Moigi. Sure. They uh they go to the Mushroom Kingdom normally and they save Princess Peach from Bowser. Normally. You know. You know. There was a movie about it. You may have seen it. Hmm. Uh, I, I actually did not. From 1990. The 90. I thought you were talking about the one that came out this year. Yeah, also, also there's the one this year. 93, I'm wrong. Anyway, um, Super Mario Wonder came out this fall. Uh, November, I want to say. Um, hey, that game is extremely good. Holy shit, that game was incredible. Uh, yeah, it's a 2D Mario game, side scroller. Really? Um, yep. Um, they do those occasionally still. Um, so this is the best one of those since my favorite game of all time, Super Mario World, on the Super Nintendo. Wow. Yes, it's the best 2D Mario they've made since then, and they've made a lot of 2D Mario since then. Well, I'm going um, to interject here and indicate this is not on my list because I have not played it. However. I did purchase it for my son oh, nice. for Christmas. So in a few days, we will see how good it really is. There's twofold reason why I think it's the best one since Super Mario World. Um, one is their new mechanic that they do in this one is uh, there's a... So this is happening in the Flower Kingdom instead of the Mushroom Kingdom. And Bowser has stolen the Wonder Flowers and the oh, Mega no. Wonder Flowers or something. And so he's gotten crazy magic powers because of it. Because, you know, it's a Mario game. So what you have to do, you're trying to find the Wonder Seeds so you can, like, regrow the flowers or something. I don't, I don't know. The Seeds will dispel the power of Bowser's stuff. The story's not really important here. But what mechanically what this means is that Within every single level of the game, there is a wonder flower somewhere in the level. If you f sometimes it is very obvious, sometimes it is hidden. Um, when you touch the wonder flower, it's like the game switches to being on acid, and just wild shit starts happening. Okay. Um, there's like just crazy the whole the the nature of the level completely changes. Um, so some does it like make it more difficult? On, sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. So, like the second level of the game, uh, the Wonder Flower in that one changes the whole thing to a side-scrolling musical where the character, like the piranha plants on the screen, are doing a musical performance. Hmm. Um, and you're still platforming your way through. It's just that um, now the piranha plants are all singing, and there's like synchronized dancing and obstacles you have to dodge along the way with that. Um, there's one later on that changes the game from a side scroller to a top down game. Mm. So you're running Mario up, down, left, right, instead of le just left to right and jumping. Oh, that sounds fun. 
Yeah, it's just all kind of, like every single level in the game has um has one of these in it and most of them are unique and totally different mechanic level to level. Sweet. The amount of just new stuff that they just put in here of just weird little ideas that they use one time is ridiculous. I don't I don't know how they do this. They do this shit, but it it's an incredible game. So that's one of two factors why this game's so special. The other reason why it's as good as it is in my estimation is they took a bunch of stuff from Super Mario World and they put that in this. Namely, the biggest thing is one of the big things with Super Mario World is there's secret exits, right? Yeah. To a bunch of the levels. Haunted houses, then, secret place, yep. Star Road. Yeah we, yeah. yeah, we talked about that a little bit in the in our ranking Mario World enemies um episode great game. they start doing that again in this one basically for the first time since that game and it hey guess what that idea is still really great and really fun <laughs> and i don't know why they haven't done it more but they brought it back here and it is it really adds to the game so super mario wonder absolutely one of my favorite games of the year um in a different year, perhaps a year that wasn't as stacked with just crazy great video games, it maybe could have been my game of the year. Didn't quite make it this year, but uh, it's it's truly great. Sweet, that's uh, pretty high praise, and I mean, it made it in your top ten list. So, sure, odds are good my kid will love it. And I mean, he loves all the Mario games up to this point, so I don't think this will be any different. I do think I like Odyssey better than this game, as just you know, with Odyssey being the 3D game and a little bit bigger in scope and everything. But, uh, you know, as for the 2D ones, this is the best one since Mario World. Very cool. Maybe I'll What's steal your it from you. Number seven. My number seven is a movie that I saw with my oldest son. Hey, I've seen movies. This is Evil Dead Rise. Hey, you talked to me about this a little bit. I did. I. I'm actually pleasantly surprised by how much I like this movie. And and reflecting back on it, as far as like horror or thriller type movies go, this one has a lot of really positive things going for it. Of course, it harkens back to the traditional evil dead concept, the possessed object, evil being released into the world and then possessing somebody and they're going crazy trying to get after their loved ones. Very similar situation uh without spoiling anything i can just say there's a lot of really creepy imagery and in an evil dead movie no way uh yeah um i i was just i was impressed i i enjoyed the movie quite a bit um i i think i'd probably watch it again if somebody said you know have you seen a more recent scary movie that's worth seeing I'd, I'd probably recommend it so i i don't know i i don't really have a lot to say about it because i don't want to spoil anything but if you're into horror movies and you haven't seen it i definitely think it's worth a watch it's not as good as the original like the original original but it's good for different reasons so how does it compare to the sort of reboot hmm so I, haven't, I haven't seen that. Not the you're not talking about the show, right? You're talking about no, because okay. that was there's Ash vs Evil Dead in between those, which I've also not seen. Um, but Evil Dead, what was that? Six seven years ago. Mm, yeah, Evil Dead. Uh, has it been reboot. that? No, it's longer than 2013. That, that yeah, was a like, decade ago. Like wow. Um, okay. Better. I think it's better actually. Okay. Um. Yeah. 
good stuff. So Did watching Evil Dead make you Evil Dad. I no. I like Sam Raimi just in general. He's good. Um, he didn't direct this one, but no, he didn't. Um, he was busy with Doctor Strange too. Yeah, that's uh, another movie I saw this year. Not a 2023 movie, but I did see it. Yeah, this I year. also I also watched it this year. It's good. Um, I was I impressed it. by. It's very Sam Raimi. Yeah, like I didn't realize that he directed it going into it. For some reason, that completely slipped my mind or made it past me. And then at the end of it, when they're rolling the credits, I'm like, oh, yeah, that explains a lot. No wonder I liked it so much. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I really like stylistically a lot of the darker choices that they made with it. And he was absolutely the right pick for that story. So I, yeah, but it's not a 2023 thing. Let's, we can keep going. Um, it's fine. Uh, what was your number seven? My number seven is a book. First book on my list. Um, from one Brandon Sanderson. You've heard me talk about him before. This is a big year for him. He did a, had a whole Kickstarter uh, last year where he wrote four secret books over the pandemic. Hmm. And, and, and then in released fact, those this year. One of his books is propping up my microphone as we speak. <laughs> oh, nice. Which one? <laughs> uh, the Way of Kings. Okay, that's a big book. It is. That's why it's propping uh, up my microphone. <laughs> there you go. Um, but yeah, this year... The first of the secret projects that came out this year is titled Tress of the Emerald Sea, and that is my number seven here. Oh, uh, you and Tress Cameron is, were just talking about that one. Yeah, I got Cameron to read it. Uh, Tress is uh, just an excellent book. Um, his whole deal with writing this is um, he was inspired during the pandemic by his wife. He and his wife were watching um, the movie uh, Princess Bride. Yeah, I, I think I've heard of that movie. Um, and she said, she was saying, you know, I really love this movie, but it would be nice if Buttercup got to have any agency as a character whatsoever, Mm. instead of just being an object that's kind of passed around. Yeah. She's kind of a throwaway, unfortunately. So what Sanderson did with Trust the Emerald Sea is writing a story kind of in the style of Princess Bride, but, um, but with having a female main character, um, who has to rescue, who is on a mission to rescue, um, her boyfriend. Nice. Um, and it's really, really good. Uh, it's, it's Sanderson, so it's weird fantasy magic stuff. Um, it's set in the Cosmere, which is his shared universe of fantasy worlds. Okay. Um, does, it, and does it call back to any specific magic subset? Because there's a lot of different magic subsets. Boy, does it. So, uh, Tress... Don't, uh, hold on, don't spoil anything. Just so I'm not spoiling clear. anything. Okay. I'm just saying... Um, I, th- I do think Tress works as an entry point for newer readers to Sanderson. Interesting. Um, you're not going to catch all the references to his other works because, boy, there's a lot of them in here, but it's not going to slow down your ability to understand the story or anything. Okay. You're just not going to, you're not going to understand that, like, this character that he's talking about is actually from this other planet that has been heavily explored in a different series, but that's fine. It's not really that important to this specific story that he's telling. Um... The neat thing with Tress, it's uh, so the Cosmere has um, every Cosmere story has an appearance from um, well, just about everyone has an appearance from a character named Hoyd, who is a world hopper who goes around and travels different things. Uh, Hoyd is actually telling this story. He is the narrator. Hmm. Um, and based and on so something he, he witnessed firsthand or. Yes. Oh, that is he interesting. Is a, he is a he is a factor in the story, certainly. Hmm. Um, 
And so, and he is narrating very much in the Princess Bride style. Um, mm. Very much like I am telling a fairy tale storybook type of thing. Like Peter? And yes. Falk? Okay. Yeah. So it's, it's very fun. Um, the planet that it takes place on is an absolute nightmare. Um, people live on islands in a sea full of spores. It, the sea is not water, it is spores. Hmm. Um, and there are different colors of spores that do different things when they come in contact with water. Hey, you know what humans are made of? It's, uh, it's water. A lot of water? Yeah, so like... Spores? He, humans contacting the spores is bad. Hmm. Tress lives in uh, an, an island in the Emerald Sea. Tress is our main character here. Mm-hmm. Um, and the green spores, when you touch them, uh, violently explode in plant growth. Um, so if you're touching mm. it, it's going to create these crazy vines that are probably just going to grow through your body and engulf you. No, I gotcha. Yeah. Or just, or puncture your body. <laughs> it's bad. Um, you can sail on the vines There are the vines. You can sail on the spores. They have ships that sail on the spores, um, because of, uh, the, the, uh, physics concept of, uh, uh, what's it called? Liquidification or whatever. Um, where it's like if you move air rapidly through sand, it will actually start oh, make, yeah. behaving like a liquid. Yep. That's what's happening on this planet with the spores. Okay. So um, they're moving air through the spores? They aren't. That's just happening oh, on okay. the planet. Um, there's yeah. like air vents on the quote-unquote seafloor that... Um, it's a pretty cool science experiment if, if you're a listener, if you're unfamiliar. Just yeah. uh, YouTube a couple videos of pushing air through sand and it, it very much mimics a liquid at that point. Yeah. So, uh, it's a really fun fairy tale type adventure. It's pretty funny. Um, a lot of, a lot of good, a lot of good storytelling in there. And there's, uh, like I said, there's a ton of references to his other works in there. So for people who are big fans and have read all the other stuff, there's a lot of little treats in there go like, Oh, this is from that thing. Okay. That's interesting. Uh, so I really enjoyed it. Um, sounds like a lot of other people did too. Um, kind of quickly became one of my favorites from, from this author. So Tress of the Emerald Sea, my number seven. Cool. Look at your number six. Looking forward to getting to it at some point, but at some point it is pretty far down my read list. Yeah. You got, you got some ground to cover. Yeah, I do. Uh, my number, what did you say? Six, right. So my number six is another song. Okay. Uh, this was released by Blink-182 this year. It is. I didn't know they were doing stuff. One more time. Yeah. Neither did I. Uh, my, one of my coworkers messaged me and said, Hey, you're, you're a Blink fan, right? I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, I've listened to Blink-182 for most of my life. And, and she mentioned that they had released a new song and I said, they did said well okay um send it over so i listened to it and i'm like wow this is surprisingly good um if you are familiar with the song i miss you by blink was you know it's more of the ballad and it's a little bit slower but a little bit awkward in the way that it's kind of slow um but heartfelt you can definitely tell he means it i it's like the spiritual successor to that and okay. and it has a little bit more of a reflectiveness to it. Um, it is still heartfelt. It is 
a little bit slower, but still kind of punky with the way that like Travis does the drums and stuff. And, and the lyrics, they're specifically calling back to things that happened in their own career and life that led to the breakup of the band and ultimately getting back together. Um, so it's, it's actually pretty nice. And I listened to it the first time and I was like, wow, this is, this is very good. And so I listened to it a few more times. I showed my wife, of course, and now we're realizing that they're going to be touring next year, um, not too far from our house and right around her birthday. So I will be getting her tickets to the concert for her birthday next year. Nice. So I'm pretty excited to see that. They are very pricey right now, so I will not be pulling the trigger anytime soon. I bet. Artificially inflated due to Christmas, I'm sure. Probably. We'll see. Is Tom DeLonge still way into aliens? Mm, I actually don't know that answer, but I'm going to say yes, probably. That's the, he's the only person I know any information about person, personal life stuff. You don't know anything about Travis too. Barker? Do you remember when he was in that airplane that um, crashed? I don't think I knew that. Away. It was like, okay, never mind. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, and they hearken back he's to that tattoos, in the song. He's got tattoos, I know that. He's, he's got, got a lot, lot of, tattoos. of tattoos. He also plays the drums. And is very uh, good. I, well, yeah, right. Um, yeah, so good song. I've listened to it a number of times, which I think is a, you know, another indicator. If it made it into my semi-regular rotation, which not many new songs do, I feel like that's a good indicator that it's, it's a worthwhile listen. So if you're a Blink fan, but more specifically, you like their song, I Miss You, and you haven't heard one more time, I think you should listen to it at least one more time. Cool. Yeah. What's your number six? Uh, my number six is another TV show. Um, another one of my general favorites um, from recent years. This is What We Do in the Shadows, season five. Matthew Barry. Matt Barry. Um, is he's great um season five of this show uh is so so i you know this is one of my favorite shows actively on tv i think it's pretty much the funniest show on tv right now um i do think that season four was like not quite up to the standard that the show had been up to this point um i i still thought it was good but like it definitely wasn't as good overall as um the previous seasons were uh i'm pleased to report season five we are right back at it it is right back at the top of its game a lot of really incredible episodes this season if you're not familiar it's about vampires that live um on staten island and they're very silly this show is a spinoff of the movie that came out in like 2014 i want to say um but for my money i i like that movie quite a bit for my money the show is much better um excellent excellent cast very a lot of very funny people on here. Um, yeah, including one, Matt Perry, like we just mentioned. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it, mm-hmm. they're doing a lot of really fun stuff this season. Uh, I don't really dig into too much of the story stuff here because it's not going to mean a lot to you if you haven't watched the show. Um, uh, but yeah, it's no sense uh, in spoiling it. Absolutely worth watching. Um, if, if you were, if you, if you previously watched this show and you enjoyed it and you're down on season four a little bit, know that season five is much better 
Okay. You've recommended yeah, this uh, show to me. And I, I've attempted to start watching it, but I swiftly realized that I cannot watch it with any children in the room. This with children. <laughs> this is uh, at times violence and at all the times uh, uh, a lot of sexual humor. Yeah. At almost all the time on this show. Yeah. Not for children. Yeah, so I, I started to watch it like just on the couch as I'm hanging out with the kids because they were doing their own thing. And I'm like, all right, I'll just, I'll try it out. And I'm like, nope, I cannot do that. Nope. And uh, I, I'm not just going to put headphones in while I'm hanging out with my kids. Like, sure. watching a show is one thing. I can still pay attention and still interact with them. And I can loosely watch something. Um, not a ton but... of child-friendly vampire media. Mm. You know? Yeah, What's got... that? Hotel Transylvania? Yeah. That exists? That's for children? I don't yeah. know if I can think of anything else. The Count? Not, well, sure. not necessarily a vampire. Uh, they had this argument on Um Actually. I don't know if you're familiar with He is vampire-inspired, certainly. He is vampire-like. That is the official character guide. Huh, vampire-like. Okay. He has um, fangs. He does, yep. Turns into a bat. But uh, as far as other... Mm, I mean, there's... Have you ever heard of the, the TV show Steve and Maggie? It's no. a British show. The kids, they like it sometimes. It has, uh, he's scared of vampires. Okay. But, yeah. anyway, not important. Five, five seasons of what we do in the shadows. Is, where, do, where does number five rank? Uh, five is number six for me. <laughs> On my list. Uh, no, no, no. Of what we do in the shadows seasons, where does oh, season five ooh, rank? Wow. And you ranked I'd it have, at six. I'm like, how? How, is that, how is that possible? <laughs> I'd have to think about that. I think than... season three is my favorite of the show overall. Season two's got a lot of really good episodes. I don't know. I'd, I'd have to. Further analysis needed. Okay. I can't commit to anything yet. It's okay. Let me watch the show and then we can have the discussion together at some point. Sure. Top 10 what we do in the shadows episodes. Uh, maybe. I'll have to think about yeah, we never really talked about doing that as an idea for a show. Top Maybe 10 we'll of a single. Oh, yeah, right. Maybe. I don't mm. know. We'll see. We'd have to figure out which show we could actually Top do. Top 10 that for. Seinfeld episodes. Yeah, I could definitely do that. I could do Seinfeld for sure. Um, Scrubs. I probably could do Scrubs. It's been a long time. Right. House. Could do House. Um, also been a long time for House. You know what? Let's not even. Let's just yeah, we're going. tell you what, we're we'll going to go later. to a break. We'll revisit. We've, we've hit our, we've, we've hit ten to six. We're going to do a break. Um, why don't we come back? Why don't we dig into like some side list honorable mention stuff, and then we'll maybe do top fives segment three. How's sure. that sound? Sure, sure. All right. Well, uh, stay tuned, folks. Hope you're enjoying the show so far. If you have show ideas or comments, you can reach us on Twitter at Stupid Sequence or email us at stupidsequence at gmail.com. That's S-T-U-P-I-D-S-E-Q-U-E-N-C-E at gmail.com. Wow, you're so good at spelling. You know, I won multiple spelling bees hey, growing up. Uh, third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade, sixth grade, seventh grade. And then in eighth grade, I got third place and I got booed off the stage.
That was pretty sad. Ooh. Yeah. Thanks for unlocking that childhood memory for me. Gotta You're go welcome. talk to my therapist now. Odd to help. Anyway, uh, let's see. Why don't we, you know, before we get there, five through one, why don't we do honorable mentions? What do you have uh, for an honorable mentions list? Honorable mentions? Um, let's see. I've got these sorted into categories based on type of media. We'll start with um, the media types that did not make my list at all. Um, first off, I have movies. That's right. No movies made my top ten this, li- this year. I was surprised. Hmm. I only watched like six movies that came out this year, I think. Um, and the two that stuck with me most were uh, Across the Spider-Verse, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, mm-hmm. um, which was quite good. Not as good as the first one, I think, but still very good. Uh, four and a half stars for me on that one. Okay. And then um, another four and a half star movie for me, uh, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Again, not as good as Mission Impossible Fallout was, which is one of my all-time favorite action movies, because, man, that movie's incredible. Uh, this one was very, very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other media type that did not make my list at all is YouTube videos. Um, if you're familiar with one H bomber guy who does, um, video essays, uh, a few weeks ago, he put out his video for the year, which is a four hour video about, uh, plagiarism on YouTube. And it is fascinating and has had some massive implications for, uh, various YouTubers. So... If you think uh, it's not, it's not just like a YouTube drama video. It's he's really digging into um, why do people plagiarize? Why does this happen? What kind of um, how has this happened in the past? To and make then money? is that not really, really have like psychologically? Why do people do it? Oh, OK. Um, <laughs> and really, really heavily digging into one specific guy's YouTube on the just ludicrous amount of plagiarism this man has done. Interesting. It's fascinating. It's also four hours long, so, you know, not going to be for everyone, but um, it's a very, very interesting video. Uh, Next up, uh, I've got a couple books on here. Um, We got another Sanderson one here, the fourth secret project he put out this year, The Sunlit Man, which is a fun, more like sci-fi story. And then uh, uh, one Patrick Rothfuss, who wrote the Kingkiller Chronicles. We're still waiting forever for the third one of those to come out. He put out his first book in like a decade, Mm -hmm. which was um, titled The Narrow Road Between Desires, um, which is another short story about um, a character who shows up in... um, is a major presence in the King Killer series. Um, And it's really good. It's a really, really good short story. Not super long. Um, but I was like a little bit nervous about it cause it's been a very long time since he had put out his last one and Hey, turns out still great. So yeah, I think my brother may have gotten that for my oldest son, um, for Christmas. It's really good. It was recommended. It's a good book. So it's like a four hour audio book. Oh, it's not that bad at all. It is yeah. very much a short story. Pretty short. Okay. Uh, next up. Uh, video games. Um, I'm just going to kind of shotgun through these because I have several of these on here. Uh, the game Cocoon. It's a puzzle game. Uh, uh, really uh, enraptured me this year. Really had a great time with that. Uh, Armored Core 6, which if you're not familiar with the Armored Core series, I really wasn't until this year. Uh, it's a game that the uh, from the developers of the people who make Dark Souls nowadays, they used to make the Armored Core games. They made a new one of those like a decade since they made the last one, and wow, this game's incredible. <laughs> if you like mechs and cool action games, play this. 
uh, Star Wars Jedi Survivors that came out this year. It's the sequel to Jedi Fallen Order um, and is better than that game. I loved that first game. This one's better. Uh, the Dead Space remake, which I think we talked about a little bit on a previous episode, was really, really well done. Uh, Street Fighter VI, uh, the most I've gotten into a fighting game in probably six or seven years. Uh, Risk of Rain Returns was a really, really great remake of uh, a roguelike from a decade ago that I enjoyed. And then uh, very recently, the last with the last week really, just threw this on there, kind of la- on here, kind of last minute. Um, I've been playing a multiplayer shooter called The Finals, which is kind of like a game show themed multiplayer shooter. Um, that is, I've been having a ton of fun with with my friends with. So yeah, you showed me great. some gameplay of that and. Uh, I was reviewing it with your sister, and I'm like, wow, this looks like it could be pretty fun. Very fast-paced. It, it does the Scott Pilgrim thing. When you kill someone, they explode into coins. Right. There's no corpse or anything. It's just psh, coins. That feels very much like a game show, or I guess a comic book in this case. And then my last set of honorable mentions here is TV. Other seasons of TV I enjoyed this year. Uh, Castlevania Nocturne is a sequel series to that Castlevania anime that was on Netflix. It ran for four seasons. Um, This is uh, set a few hundred years later. French Revolution, descendant of the main characters from the last game. Or the last game, the last uh, show. And it was fantastic. Really loved it. uh, Mandalorian season three is earlier this year. Enjoyed that. Uh, Poker Face was a show that was real early this year. Um, had had fun with that and Tasha Leone and that. Um, Star Trek Lower Deck season four, the animated show that continues to be excellent. And then um, you mentioned earlier that the Reacher was part way done. Uh, I have on here Fargo season five. Mm-hmm. Um, we're like a little over halfway through that season right now, I believe. Mm-hmm. So that'll be finishing early next year. Really enjoying what's there so far, though. Um, it's been it's been really solid. I think it's better than the last season was, which I liked, but um, was definitely the weakest of the seasons of Fargo, I think. This one, I think I'm enjoying a lot more. Sweet. That's my honorable mentions. What do you got? I think you said you have fewer. Yeah, I, I have a lot fewer. And, and I think I messaged you a couple hours ago, and I said that this was kind of sad. Um, in my overall reflection of the 2023 media that I consumed this year, I realized that it was very, very little as far as individual pieces of media. Not very many movies, um, only a handful of songs that I've already mentioned most of, um, really not very many TV shows. Um, I have, let's see, one, one honorable mention. Two, two honorable mentions that I was going to put on here, and then I made a little mini side list on accident of um, shows that if I had more time, I probably would have watched, or easy okay. access to, right? Sure. This is like, and it's a very incomplete list because it's just a couple of things that I know for sure that I, I do want to see, but I'm sure there's other stuff. Uh, Lay so, it on me. Uh, as far as stuff I want to see, Godzilla minus one. I hear this is like great. Yeah, I want to see it. Uh, John Wick four. Have not seen yep. four. Uh, Dungeons and Dragons movie. I didn't see, but That's I heard really it was good. pretty good. Fargo season five again. Um, good. That o- should have been on my honorable mentions. I don't. I didn't put that on there, but that should have been on there. That movie's great. Uh, good Omens season two. I have not watched season two yet, but I very much like season one, and I heard two is also very good. Um, Better Call Saul season six. I just 
I, I don't have access to it is the bottom line yeah. here. I don't have Netflix and I'm considering getting it just so I can watch it, but I need to make sure I have the time to watch it before I commit to doing that. Otherwise it's useless. Sure. Uh, Star Wars Ahsoka. Um, both of the Doctor Who specials that were released, there were two of them. Um, my oldest boys have seen them and they both said they were phenomenal. Um, the second one in particular, I was told might be one of the best single episodes of Doctor Who ever better than oh. Blink better than the Van Gogh episode I was like oh. there's no way he's like no it's very good I've watched it three times I'm like okay cool <laughs> I guess I'll check it out then um and then Bye Bye Barry which is the Barry Sanders oh, okay. biopic that they are um yeah, autobiographical. It's not autobiographical. Bio, anyway, it's a biopic. Um, sure. Specifically why Barry Sanders from the Detroit Lions, the running back, famous running back, possibly the best of all time, uh, quit football. And uh, I haven't gotten around to watching it, but it's on my list. Uh, as far as actual things that are on honorable mentions that I did see this year, but have no purpose in making a top 10, uh, one of them is the YouTuber Kriparian. Um, he, he releases like battlegrounds, hearthstone battlegrounds videos. And I usually can get some ideas of strategies or just some fun things to try. Cause he doesn't really go for like the best score. He goes for what's going to be fun and unique that I can try out. And then I try to do some of those same things or use some of those ideas in different ways. So sure. kind of interesting. Uh, and then, oh, so you're net decking, huh? Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> the second one was we took our youngest children to their very first movie in person, and Ooh. that was the Paw Patrol, the Mighty Movie. And, I mean, as far as kids' movies are concerned, it was whatever. It's a kids' movie. Um, but it was more about their experience and being able to take them to that, and, and they really, really liked it. And, and so I'm, I'm happy we did it. and. Uh, Hopefully it'll be the first of many. Yeah. Nice. Um, I, you know what? I was actually thinking there was an additional item. Oh, <laughs> um, I guess two things that are indirectly related that I didn't think about until just now. One is the Detroit Lions have actually been fairly entertaining this year and enjoyable to watch on average. Um, and so I'm going to say they are a piece of media that I am happy to continue to consume. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, the second one uh, is I went to a Metallica concert, and that was a lot of fun. It wasn't the best concert I've ever been to, and I don't think... What I, is? I, uh, ooh. That's a good question. Gut, gut check right now. No thought. Best concert. Um, it's probably when I saw Chiodos with a Skylit Drive uh, at the Orbit Room in Grand Rapids. Um, Hey, I've been there. Phenomenal show, but uh, Grand Rapids. I mean, not yeah, that venue. Uh, yeah. All right. Anyway, um, that was that was actually a really really good show. Um, Metallica it was it was fun. It was good to see Metallica, but it was in a in Ford Field, and there's like seventy thousand people there, and in a massive stadium like that, you just don't get the same experience because you're so spread out from all the action. And the stage was huge, and I, I just felt like overall it was 
not the experience I was hoping for. It was still fun. I'm still glad I did thing. it. Two different shows, right? Mm-hmm. Four different opening ba- or you know pre bands opening bands um, over two nights, and Metallica played for four and a half hours. But of the, <laughs> they didn't play my favorite song, and they didn't play my son's favorite song. So uh, maybe yeah. I'm nitpicking at this point. But anyway, still glad I did it, and uh, makes me realize I want to go to see more shows um, in the next year. Maybe in smaller venues, but anyway, that's the end of my honorable mentions list. Nice. Yeah. And we, we went through yours. Um, do you, you, uh, you have another list I heard. Yeah. I have a side list here that I'm going to dig into with some items. Uh, this side list, insert music here. is uh the media list of media that i went through this year for the first time that wasn't from this year the stuff that i really enjoyed is this in Uh, a particular order or no totally unordered just stuff i enjoyed um so run through this real quick uh the video game Legend of Zelda Link to the Past on the Super Nintendo. Definitely not the first time I've been through that, but it is the first time I've done the randomizer for it, which moves the locations of all the items around and everything. And I had a really good time with that. Um, Tactics Ogre Reborn is a remake um, of an old uh, Tactics Ogre, an old uh, turn-based tactics game that uh, I started last year, but mostly played this year and really enjoyed that. Um, Metroid Prime Remastered is again it's an older game that got remastered one of my favorite like top 10 game of all time for me and the remaster is really good uh, Paper Mario Thousand Year Door is a GameCube game that I played for the first time this year and uh, that's really good I, that's a good that's a good Mario RPG right there um, The Case of the Golden Idol is a game that came out last year that my wife and I played through this year it's um, kind of a supernatural murder mystery kind of game that is uh, all logic puzzles. Um, it's hard to explain verbally exactly what that is. Go Google it if you like logic puzzle games. It's one of the best ones to play to those since Return of the Oberdin. A game I finished last night, Metal Hellsinger. Metal colon Hellsinger is a uh, rhythm-based oh, first-person shooter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that is uh, all metal music. Um, they, they wrote a bunch of their own songs for it, and then they hired various um, singers of different metal bands to come in and do the vocal performances. So, like, the guy from Lamb of God is in here. Yep. Um, Surge from System of a Down does the final boss theme, you know. Um, it, it, it's quite good. Uh, really had a fun time with that. And then last game I have on here is Citizen Sleeper, which is a fun little um, sci-fi adventure game that I thought was really neat. Movies, uh, I have uh, Tar, the Kate Blanchett movie about the compo- about a composer. Um, really like that movie. Uh, Banshees of Inisherin, um, the most Irish movie you'll watch anytime soon. I uh, really liked that. And then the Nick Cage movie Pig. Finally got around to that this this year, and my wife and I really loved that. Uh, also, um, the Raid Redemption. Uh, we talked about that on the podcast previously. Uh, Prey, the Predator sequel. Uh, somehow the best Predator movie. God, that movie's excellent. Hmm. Um, 
And then the original Assault on Precinct 13 I watched for the first time this year, and I really loved that movie. That's really good. Um, I got a couple TV shows that I went through. Um, Severance is uh, one of the better kind of puzzle box thriller type tv shows that i've seen in a very long time absolutely love that show and then we uh my wife and i also went through the expanse this year and really enjoyed that and then finally um books wise uh i went read through the book of the new sun this series this year by gene wolf uh and i'll talk more about that later okay uh, that's my list okay i i think it's worth noting that you didn't mention surf ninjas and, I did not mention Surf Ninjas. And uh, that's just inappropriate. And I feel personally slighted by your lack of inclusion. And uh, I don't know what you have against ninjas, but you know what? It's a little bit sus. Uh, I, I have to reserve this list for some of my favorite pieces of media from this year. And I'm sad to say for you, Scott, Surf Ninja is not one of my favorites. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, that's our mini middle segment here. Um, We'll take another quick break and then we'll come back with our top fives. So Mm. stick around. Hmm. Welcome back, everyone. You know what? We're at the end of 2023. I think we have at least a few people who have listened a fair amount this year, and we truly appreciate it. If you have any other friends you can recommend the podcast to, that'd be great. But you know what? Even if you don't, we'd still like to hear from you. Reach out to us. Let us know what you thought this year, for better or worse. Happy to entertain poor opinions, I guess, and then disregard them. But... Either way, thank you for listening. We're going to finish out the rest of our top ten. Sound off in the comments below. Do people still say that? I don't know. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Hit hit, hammer that bell. Yeah, don't, you know, I feel weird just saying it. Anyway. Yeah. Scott, what's uh, your number five? Right. Uh, I kind of alluded to this a little bit, and you accused me of net decking. Well... Joke's on you, because Hearthstone Battlegrounds, hey. specifically, this one is Season 5, which is the Anomalies season, which premiered in August. Um, they brought a brand new element to the way that the game is played, and then added a whole new tier of cards. But the way that they introduced these, every single game felt different, and felt like you had to play and solve a completely different puzzle. And so really no two games felt the same. And as a result, it was a lot of variety, a lot of interesting problem solving. Just overall, generally it was, it was a very fun season to play. And, and I played quite a bit, um, way more than I, I have any time recently. Um, uh, some of that was due to my injury. It allowed me to take a step away from some of the exercise I was doing um, when I injured my leg, but it allowed me to focus on some video games, and yeah, I played a good amount of Hearthstone Battlegrounds, specifically the Anomalies. So Don't injure your fun. leg, folks. It's bad news. Well, that's... It kind of goes without saying, I feel like. But, yeah, no, it's a 
some interesting it, it for those of you who don't know right it's a it's an auto battler there are six tiers uh it's it's multiple turns um if you're familiar with some of the original hearthstone cards then this gives a very similar flavor um, is is the leper gnome in there? No, no, it is not. I like the leper gnome because so he I. says, "Give me a big hug." <laughs> um, yeah, no, leper gnome is not in there. Sad. Yeah, that's a good card though. Um. Anyway, no, I'll uh, I'll leave it at that. For those who know, they'll play. For those who don't, don't worry about it. What's your number five? My number five is another video game, another game from Nintendo. This is The Legend of Zelda, The Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, this is uh, one of my most anticipated games this year, certain, probably my most anticipated, maybe my most anticipated piece of media overall this year. If we got to the end of the year and I told you that it was going to land at number five overall for me, I don't know that I would have believed you or been like, what was wrong with it? Turns out nothing was wrong with it. It's just there's a lot of really good stuff this year hmm. that I just happened to enjoy more. Um, so uh, this is a direct sequel to Breath of the Wild, the most recent Zelda game before this one. And then this takes this one and uh, does literally everything better than that game did, which is wild because that was probably my, f Breath of the Wild is like my favorite video game in like 20 years. <laughs> I thought Elden Maybe. Ring was. Uh, Elden Ring came out, notably came out after Breath of the Wild by four years, four or five years, mm. five years, five years. Okay, so it was your so. favorite for a, a while, a period. Yes. Okay, I get what yeah. you're saying, sorry. Yep, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, no, but Tears of the Kingdom, uh, you know, one of the things Breath of the Wild did was they, you know, it's an open world game. They completely reinvented the Zelda formula. They, rather than making it be like, oh, you're getting all these different tools, you know, items that you're using in the different dungeons, you're getting four kind of powers at the top. And then those are kind of how all the puzzles are based around. Um, they've done that again here um, with five powers this time instead of four. Uh, and uh, two of those powers, especially just like break everything about what you thought zelda was um one of them is uh the one the flashier one is called ultra hand and that kind of allows you to telekinetically pick up basically any object in the world and then you can like glue them to other objects combine that with a bunch of different kind of me mechanical gadgets that you can glue onto your creations and then suddenly you can create all kinds of different vehicles boats cars flying to the helicopter hover vehicles all kinds of shit and it just wildly changes the completely changes the way you play the game it is truly incredible when they announced that tears of the kingdom was going to be a direct sequel to Breath of the Wild, and that it was going to be on the same map and everything. Myself and a lot of other people expected that game to come out, you know, maybe not right away, but like not super long. It took them five years to get this game out, and yeah. <laughs> everyone was like, what are they doing? How is this game? It's the same map. How is it five years? And then that first trailer shows off, here is what Ultra Hand is, and here is, you can glue anything in the world to anything. It was like, oh, that's why. Okay. They did the craziest thing that anyone has done in a video game in a long time. Uh, 
and it, it's tons of fun. The other thing that is much less flashy, but almost as like earth shattering to the way that you play Zelda is an ability called ascend, um, which is, uh, you, you hit the ascend button and it like sharply aims your camera like straight up and, um, has a little like glowy spot on the ceiling above you within reason. If like, it's, a, if it's like a hundred foot ceiling, it's not going to work, but like, you know, 40 feet above you or something. Um, if you hit the ascend button, Link just flings himself at the ceiling and then just passes through all of the ground between the surface and what point of ground above you that he hits. So he just can fly up and then travel through the ground to get up to the platform above himself, Hmm. which again... I can't tell you how many times I was going through this game and you get down in these caverns or caves or dungeons and all this stuff. And you're like, okay, I've gotten myself in a situation. How do I progress here? How do I get out of here? And then you remember, oh, right. I can just teleport to the ceiling anywhere and then travel through the, it feels like, like a cheat code. Like that's the best way to describe it. It feels like something you shouldn't be allowed to do. It's like a developer tool that, that and that's for apparently anecdotally, that's literally how it started. Nice. Um, is one of the developers like, I'm just going to throw this in here because I'm tired of like, while I'm doing my testing, I'm tired of like having to climb out of here and this is just going to get me out of these places faster. And then they're like, actually, this is really fun. What if we just put this in the game? Um, I wonder it, it took them it, so long. Yeah. It just completely changes that's everything crazy. about how you play that game. And like the dungeons are better and um, the story is way better and just everything that they could have done better in this game, they did. Um, so, uh, and it still wasn't my game of the year. <laughs> so tells you what this year was. Nice. Uh, we'll hear more about a different game later, but yeah, that's uh that's my number five legend of Zelda tears of the kingdom, a 10 out of 10 video game. Nice. Very cool. What's your number four. My number four is one that I have a feeling might be, our first and only duplicate. And okay. That is Mandalorian season three. Uh, Mandalorian, not on my list. That was uh, honorable mentions. Oh, I did. Okay. I, I missed it. I was listening for it too. I, I guess I missed it. Um, yeah. I enjoyed it. It definitely wasn't a top 10 for me, but it was good. See, but the difference is I didn't consume nearly as much media as you this That's year. Fair. So <laughs> That's fair. As far as like the Mandalorian is concerned, it's still a great show and sure I, I yeah felt like i really enjoyed it there was a lot of really fun storyline going on in this uh in this season and uh in particular sackoff yeah yeah yep she's great uh i'm w- without spoiling anything i'm very much looking forward to the next season and uh if there are any creatures that come to fruition I, I feel like that's going to be a pretty badass addition to the overall show i mean it's got to happen right at some point yeah there's uh they're, they're uh they're biting off a lot this season and i think they do a pretty good job with most of it um I, I have a couple complaints about the season but um there's a lot of a lot of good episodes a lot of really cool scenes um yeah uh, the I liked uh, the trip back to mandalore i thought that was pretty cool sure. um and then them ending up uh, on a you know a different planet, but it's a uh, a callback. Um, I think there's also some fan service, maybe not obvious fan service, but definitely some in 
in a few of the episodes. Um, Dave, Dave Filoni's getting his in here. He's inserting Dave Filoni stuff in here. Which, you know, that's how Dave Filoni do. Yeah. I mean, we had uh, indications of pod racing, right? Yeah, and, and the, uh, the new ship. Yep. And uh, there was... They a, introduced that before this season, but... Right. Uh, there was also the droid that they get I think it might have been in episode one or two was very similar to one that Uncle Owen had previously. I I might even have been the same model of droid. Yeah, they're doing they're doing a lot of stuff. They're doing a lot of callbacks. You know. Oh, and, um, and uh the the monkeys. Um Salacious B. Crumb species. There was a Oh the Quacky Monkey Lizards. Yeah, yeah. They were in the uh the tree and uh the one episode, I thought that was pretty funny. I'm like, yeah. ah, there they are. That's great. Um, My wife was a big fan of um, I for the Nazellans. Um, but, you know, one of Babu Frick from oh, the, yeah. um, Rise of Skywalker. That species shows up yep. in this. And my wife was a very big fan of those scenes. <laughs> Not squizzy. Not squizzy. <laughs> Yeah, I I thought it was pretty good. I I enjoyed it overall. Um, I I think it, it set up a few things that I'm looking forward to the payoff on, and yeah, overall I I just I'm happy that I can still stay caught up on some shows or some Star Wars or things that I care about. So yeah, sure. This is my number four. What's your number Mandalorian four? season three was better than Ahsoka. I'll what? give you that. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah, I, I haven't watched Ahsoka so. Not yet. What's your number four? My number four is the last TV show on my list. Uh, all the way back in January, we got The Last of Us Season 1. Uh, this show was blew me away in ways I was not expecting at all. Um, I, I was thinking I was going I like The Last of Us video game quite a bit. I thought that I think that story is really good. I thought, okay, they'll do an adaptation, and, you know, Pedro Pascal's a good choice for Joel, and, um, I, I can't, Bella Ramsey, um, is a good choice for Ellie, they think they're gonna do a solid thing here, and then they just, they knocked it out of the park, they did, this is the new best adaptation of a video game that has ever happened, this is truly phenomenal storytelling it's got the guy who did chernobyl as the the writer on this craig mazin and he is uh that level of writing is still here he's doing a fantastic job the episode that has nick offerman in it takes a character who was um like a one one like a basically a one scene throwaway character from the game and then turns that into maybe the best hour of television I watched this year. Um, I feel like just Nick Offerman in general incredible. just makes things better. Oh, right. he's great. I'm thinking of uh, Fargo, right? Uh, sure. Oh, man. His in season two, Fargo. That was great. Man, his stuff in that is so much fun. He's just a good, um, like, yeah. I, I love the banter and the uh, just the overall dialogue that he had in that uh, and his uh, beard. It's just kind of ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but anyway. Yeah, that, that I, I cannot say enough good things about Last of Us Season 1. I would say this is, unless you are really sensitive to zombie stuff or um, uh, extreme violence, 
I would say I would encourage anyone to watch. I mean, maybe not kids, but you know, any adult to watch last of us season one, even if you are not interested in video games at all, if you like even remotely like zombie media whatsoever, this is better than almost any zombie media out there. Good to know. Better than Shaun of the Dead? Oh, man. I've never seen Shaun of the Dead. And guess what movie we're watching next? <laughs> <laughs> I've mm. seen the other two movies in the Cornetto trilogy, but mm. I've not seen Shaun of the Dead. Hot Fuzz and World's End? Yep. But yeah, that's my number four. Let's head to your number three. My number three is another song. I, I, <laughs> I'm kind of surprised here that I had so many songs, but again, uh, much I, easier for me to consume a song in a given wait. year. <laughs> <laughs> Quick side note, I ha- I consumed zero new media new music this year. Yeah, see, I don't normally listen to any new songs, but all three of these ones uh came up multiple times this year. Uh in particular this one, when I first heard it, I was so excited and just blown away. Um I think one of the first things I did after listening was send it to a few people I know that would appreciate it. But then I also sent it to people who don't normally because I was so excited about it, including you. And I remember you listened to it and you thought, yeah, it's not really my style, but I get why you like it. And uh, that was Falling in Reverse's Watch the World Burn. Um, and it is, it's a mix of... Um, metalcore with a little bit of rap, a little bit of hip hop, clearly some Eminem influences. And it's the song really builds from nothing and just speeds up over time, becomes much heavier. And the music video has almost a shot for shot remake of some scenes from the boys. Um, if you remember that, where they're in the church. Okay. And I was not remembering what, Gotcha. song this was and then yep. you mentioned that and yep okay i know what you're talking about now yep uh and i i think this is a phenomenal song i have listened to it i don't have spotify so i can't tell you the exact count but if i had to guess it's easily in in uh the hundred range hundred oh. times this year um which for me to listen to even one song that many times is a lot um but it just felt appropriate to listen to multiple times you ever have that feeling you're like man i really just want to listen to this one song yep absolutely i've had that so it also helped that i was also running and the song came out um pretty early in the year january 31st so i gonna say it's like you sent that over a long time ago yeah almost a year ago um so great song thoroughly enjoyed it the music video is entertaining i mean it's you know it's fine um Ronnie Radke, notably, uh, kind of an a-hole, not really somebody I'd ever want to spend any time with, but he can write and produce a song that is just catchy as all hell, and I, I really like it. So, uh, And almost everyone that I've shown it to who does enjoy that type of music is blown away by it, so that's, it's nice to get their reaction as somebody who appreciates the song. So, um, Yeah, watch the world burn, falling in reverse. Highly recommend if you're into any kind of metal or rap or combination. It's a great song. Not a song I had heard of, or not a band I had heard of before you mentioned it. Uh, Falling in Reverse? Yeah. <clears throat> um, so Ronnie Radke, the lead singer of Falling in Reverse, 
Um, this is not his first band. His first band was Escape the Fate. Maybe that's a band you've heard of? Don't think so. Okay. That it does more... sound like a... It, it is very much the, the, a band name of a band that Scott would like. Yeah, fair enough. Um, it's like a post-hardcore emo-type band. Um, but... Uh, so he was kicked out in 2008 after he was sentenced to prison for violating to pro That'll violating do his probation. So while he was in prison, he started a new band following in reverse, uh, which he formally announced upon his release of prison in December of 2010. So, um, yeah, he's, he's a real piece of work, a uh, huge drama queen. And just like, everything is about him. He's the center of attention, and if that scenario changes, he doesn't want to hear it. He will disrupt it. Yeah, he. there was another band I wanted to see that he was touring with a few years back, and uh, he kicked them off the tour because they found mushrooms in their uh, tour bus, and oh. I feel like they should probably just not be searching other bands' tour buses because... You're gonna find a lot more than that. <laughs> really, like, that's pretty minor. Um, so yeah. That being said, uh, again, not the greatest person, but very good at writing music, and I really like this song. So li- go listen to it if you haven't. Even if you're not a huge fan of it, go listen to it. Give it a shot. Watch the world burn. Enjoy it. Yeah, I, I can't say this one was for me. No, but you did give it a shot, and I appreciate that. I did. I listened to it. What's your number three? My number three is another book. Uh, another Brandon Sanderson. Um, he, he put out five books this year. So, you know. Very prolific writer that keeps a schedule almost as well as Stephen King. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, this is, a, this, this is kind of an outlier for him. He, he wrote books during the pandemic and then turned it into a big event thing and but hey true but uh, at the same time he also writes four or five books simultaneously at various stages and releases them with some frequency so i don't feel like this i mean five is a lot yeah. but it's not depending that on, much depending on what project depending on what projects he's got going on yeah he, he'll be more or less prolific at different times but five is certainly a high point for him uh yeah, I didn't love every book that he put out this year, but the, the uh, I mentioned Tress earlier. The other big standout for me this year, and one that I um, was very surprised that I liked even more than Tress, is Yumi and the Nightmare Painter. Ooh. This is the third of the secret projects. Um, this is another story told by Hoyd, like I talked about for Tress, but it's not um, not really fairy tale ish. This book is way more of a straight up romance. Hmm. Um. Which, uh, uh, this is uh, not a genre that I'm traditionally that much into. Don't, um, don't read a lot of romance books? Nope. Um, or watch rom-coms or really anything of that nature. I know it's you're a really big fan of Fifty Shades, so I'd... That type of storytelling, generally, just not my thing. Uh, the way that Sanderson does it here uh, has turned out to be maybe my favorite romance story ever. Um, That's not really saying much. You don't really read romance. Yeah, but even so, like I got invested in this in a way that I don't normally in fictional relationships. Um, And I I just absolutely love this book. If you are familiar with anime and the anime film Your Name, which is a body swap story, 
that is a direct inspiration for Yumi and the Nightmare Painter. Uh, this is a body swap story between uh, the titular y- characters Yumi and the Nightmare Painter. Weird. Um, hmm. So Yumi is uh, a girl who is a like religious figure in her culture. She goes around um, these different villages on this planet and um this whole planet is like very like extremely hot and arid like if you stand on the ground your feet will burn kind of thing oh wow like arizona in the summer sure so they have special shoes and um like their houses are built a very specific way and everything so the magic that takes place on this world is this specific type of religious figure in this culture can like commune with the spirits that are there in in this area and get and attract the spirits there like the avatar yeah kind of like that honestly um but the way that she does that the spirits are attracted to art specifically the art that seems to attract the spirits the best is uh creative rock stacking so she has been trained to be the best fucking rock stacker on the planet Wow. Um, and, and she is very good at attracting the spirits and can attract a lot of them at once. Then what happens is the people of the town, so she has gathered the spirits, the people of the town can then address the spirits and request that they turn into things for them. Hmm. That, uh, different useful objects like, uh, say, like uh, a flying, like a drone or something, or just like different kind of crazy useful things. What? Yeah. Uh, like a magic drone, not like a little like helicopter <laughs> things, but it's like you know. Yeah, I, I get stuff. what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Um yep. so that she's there, um, doing her thing, but what she really wants is she wants to be like a normal girl, right? She wants to be able to like have her own life because she has to live this like extremely rigid life where like she's uh, I was a part of like the religious teachings around this, like she's not allowed to show emotion and she has to like li- like live her life in segregation from normal people and blah blah blah, all this stuff. She just wants to like be able to go to like the fair and stuff like that, you know. Uh, and then you have uh, the other main character who goes by Painter. Um, he lives in a world that is covered in perpetual darkness. All the cities are built in like these defensive kind of dome structures that um, are like uh, provide pockets of light that um, the roaming nightmare creatures that exist out in the darkness can't get into or aren't supposed to be able to get into. Occasionally they do, though. And so you have like a wandering, you have this class of worker that are the painters. And their job is they roam around at night and um, sometimes nightmares will make it into the city and you paint them and that act of painting them locks them into a form. So you paint them into a form that is um, not harmful Hmm. and then you're able to get rid of them safely. If a nightmare is able to make it into the city and like feed on people's energy over and over again, like 30 times, then they can kind of coalesce into something that's really dangerous and start killing a bunch of people. But it takes so many times that like never ever happens anymore now that they've like figured all this stuff out. Mm -hmm. So now it's a thing where it's like this job's really important, but nothing bad ever happens. So it just is like, oh, okay, it's kind of boring. You know, it's like, yeah, I'm painting the thing. Um 
notably also this world is like higher technology they have electricity and televisions and things like that where the um where yumi's world does not um so painter is kind of he is a nightmare painter and um is just kind of views it as like he's got like dead end job he's a dead end life nothing interesting ever happens or anything um and then a thing happens where magically they just start switching bodies periodically oh so it's not even like a one-time switch and they gotta no it just keeps it keeps happening okay um but unlike what your name is, where the two people just completely switch bodies and they're not directly interacting with each other. Freaky Friday. Um, yeah, I gotcha. Sure. It's not like a Freaky Friday exactly. When Painter is in Yumi's body, Yumi is still there, but like in spirit form and can talk to him, but no one else can see her. Hmm. Um, and when Yumi is in Painter's body, that is also happening. And so you have each of them being like, no, you're going to destroy my life unless you do things this very specific way. Um, I, I got like, no, don't fucking do that. Don't say that to that person. You got to go. No, you got to go to work. You got to do your job. You got to do my job. or I'm going to lose my job. You know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a really fun story. It's, it's one that starts out as like, oh, what's happening? We don't understand what's happening. And then it's very quickly like, oh, I don't like you. You're screwing up my life because you're doing this or this is happening to us. And then it kind of grows into, uh, very predictably grows into a romance from there. Um, But uh, the story goes some really unexpected places. I really, really enjoyed um, the storytelling here and got invested in that romance in a way that, like, I kind of haven't ever gotten invested in a fictional romance before. And uh, it's really good. And it's worth reading. Hmm. There's another one of those, uh, you said Secret Projects number three. So does that mean they're kind of one-off stories or they're part yes. of the larger Cosmere? They are part of the larger Cosmere, but they are still but one-off not, stories. Okay, so they're not the direct. Cosmere. I gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Secret Projects one, three, and four were all Cosmere stories. Secret Project two is its own totally standalone thing. Interesting. That one's called uh, The Frugal Wizard's Guide to Surviving Medieval England. Huh. And that one is very silly. It sounds kind of silly. It's fun. It's goofy. Sounds like a Um, Monty Python sketch. uh, Maybe not that goofy, um, but, you know, it's pretty good. Well, I I didn't vote for you. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, that's my number three. You mean the Nightmare Painter. Very much worth reading. Um, Some watery uh, tar distributes swords. (laughs) (laughs) uh, This one one does have a lot of, not as many Cosmere reference stuff in it. Um, as Tress did, um, and I also think fairly approachable for someone who's not as up on Sanderson stuff. You just might not catch every single reference, and that's fine. Right. Okay. Cool. Again, right. it will be on my to-read list at some point. Let's hit your number two next. My number two is a movie that, shame on you, you have not seen. It is Oppenheimer. I've heard that's good. I have not gotten around to it yet. I... Upon reflection, and again, I did not consume that much media this year, but I was pretty specific about the stuff that I wanted to to see. And, you know, Christopher Nolan, one of my favorite directors, seeing the new Oppenheimer movie, it was definitely worth it. I thoroughly enjoyed this. There were... It's really... There's no... In a lot of his movies, there's like a twist or there's like a, a secret. There really isn't in this. People know where this one's heading, but the way sure. that it's portrayed 
There's a, a little bit of a darkness or an edginess to it. Uh, there's a lot more psychological character development and understanding. And, and it's definitely more of a slow burn. Yes, there's an explosion, but at the same time, like there's discussion on the implications of this, uh, some of the personal interactions um, with other physicists or other people in his life. And overall, I just felt like it was phenomenal. And it, in most of his movies, you have to watch it twice because you need to pick up on stuff that you maybe missed the first time. Yeah. Um, this is not one of those movies, but I also feel like it is one of those movies that you just want to watch twice because it's so good. There's so many things going on that you, it's not that you really missed it, but being able to bridge those connections and see everything as a, a broader picture, like you're like, oh yeah, I guess that did happen. Wow, man, there's so much going on in this movie. And it's a long movie. Um, mm -hmm. I definitely will see it again. I highly recommend it. If you are a Christopher Nolan fan, it's, it's not even a question. You should definitely see it. Is it his best movie? No, I still don't think it is his best movie. Uh, is it way better than Inception? Absolutely. Not even, mm. a, not even a question. Mm. Um, but it's no memento. Um, just as a thought. So. Yeah, I, uh, I fully intend to watch it. I just, I gotta get my wife to watch it with me. Nah, pfft. Don't don't even bother. Just go see it. Go see it secretly and lie to her about it and then go see it again with her and pretend like it's your first time seeing it. But given some of the themes of the show, it might feel weirdly appropriate having done it that way. Uh, in all reality, I will likely watch that before we before our next episode airs. Oh, good. Because it is my movie pick next. We trade my wife and I trade off movie picks, and that is going to be my next pick. Very nice. Looking forward to hearing your review of it, and uh, I, at some point, will watch it again. But uh, as we've established, there's another a number of other media that I would also like to consume, and so this is rewatching that not high on my list, but it's on my list. I mean, whatever that means. I would like to see it soon what's your number two i bet i like it my number two no you'll definitely like it i just don't know where you're gonna rank it compared to the other ones sure uh my number two is the only podcast on my list uh this is a new podcast that started this summer uh it's called shelved by genre you've uh, mentioned from, it several times i have mentioned it this is uh hosted by uh as part of the ranged touch network of podcasts uh, hosts are uh, Cameron Kunzelman, Michael Lutz, and Austin Walker. Hey, this podcast is incredibly good. I adore it. Um, they, uh, their, I guess their their tagline is it's a show about um, fantastic literature and the types of worlds it imagines. I think I got that right. So their first season um, is just about to complete. Actually, uh, tomorrow, as the time of this recording, tomorrow is their last episode of the first season. Um, and they have been covering uh, The Book of the New Sun by Gene Wolfe. Weird, I mentioned that on my side list. Um, I had never read Book of the New Sun, and I'm coming out of the experience of reading that and going through this podcast 
where they've gone through the four main books in Book of the New Sun, and right now I am reading the fifth book that was tacked on later, Earth of the New Sun, which is like sort of part of the series. It's like a sequel to the series, I guess, is the best way to describe it. Um, and so I'm coming out of this experience going, I, I think Book of the New Sun is like maybe a top five new fan, top five fantasy series for me now. Uh, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, it's it's just it's aggressively weird in ways that are totally my jam. Um, and shelved by genre on the podcast, they um, like that. So uh, Cameron and Michael do um, another show called Game Study Study Buddies, and that's like breaking down like academic style critique of video game of the video game industry. That like they are doing. They are breaking down like game in like books about the video game industry kind of a thing. So this is like full on like academic style criticism, um, really digging into the plots and themes here, having fun along the way, of course, you know, doing that. They're 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 pretty funny. But uh, if you're like me and you really like getting into like really nitty gritty, like criticism, ass criticism, really delving into this stuff. Um, then this show is probably for you. I, I I discovered this because I follow a number of other um, Austin Walker projects over the course of years since he's been on Giant Bomb. Friends at the Table's great. Um, More Civilized Age, the Star Wars podcast that he's on, also great. But um, Shelved by Genre has, I think, this year overtaken to be my favorite thing happening in the podcast space right now. And it's really great. Next season they're doing... Um, uh, Wizard of Earthsea series, which I have never, also never read, um, and have heard is good for forever. So I'm looking forward to that. Based on that feedback of nitty gritty opinion type stuff, maybe you should recommend our podcast to them. Maybe they would <laughs> like our podcast. Uh, I'm gonna say we're maybe less in depth in our criticism than. They are, but also like we're not devoting, you know, 20 episodes of the podcast to a work of fiction, you know, or a a fantasy series. You know what? We're talking about 20 things in an episode, you know, let's do a podcast special scene by scene, one scene, one episode, Surf Ninjas rewatch. I I really feel like this is the the play here. Your your sister can join. The next season of uh, the Worst Idea of All Time podcast. Mm. That's the one where they watch, um, mm-hmm. right, guess, they watch Grown Ups 2 every week for a year and did a podcast episode on it. Yeah, I don't really feel like uh, you grow to appreciate a show like that by watching it every single week for a year. That sounds like a miserable time. It really does. Couldn't they have picked a better movie? The whole point is that's the worst idea of all time, right? Yeah. About the worst idea of all time, Redux, where we just do, yeah, I'd, I think it would be more appropriate to pick, like, we're going to watch Lord of the Rings Return of the King every every single week. That's, that's a, a lot, lot of commitment. Movie. That's a lot of commitment, yeah. That's a lot of movie. Okay, okay. Think, well, you get think, what I'm I saying. I think Grown Ups is like 80, Grown Ups 2 is like 85 minutes or something. Okay, so that's way more manageable. Uh, Surf Ninjas is under 90, right? So it's yeah, 80, it's like 87, so it's like perfect all right settled that's what we'll do we'll do a mimic of that 
No, thank you. No, no. Listen, I'm not asking. I'm telling you. Yeah. That's what we're going to do. Know. I have bad news. I got to quit the podcast. It's, oh, no. Uh, well, we're getting down to it here. Yep. Number ones. Hit me, Scott. Number one. I don't know if you're aware of this or not, so I'm just going to throw it out there. I also have been playing World of Warcraft for the oh. first time in many years. Okay. More specifically, this year they released a classic version of WoW that is now effectively old school RuneScape's version of what okay. RuneScape was. It's a spinoff. This is World of Warcraft classic Season of Discovery. This in particular takes the original game and revamps it. Instead of playing up to level 60, so we're talking like vanilla, the original classic game, sure. World of Warcraft, right? They are now releasing in stages, and in this first stage, there are only up to level 25, mm -hmm. and there are new elements introduced into the game called runes, and these runes are discovered in various ways throughout the world and with the runes it enables you to have abilities that you wouldn't otherwise have um like it might do uh it might enable a warlock to become a tank instead of just being a cloth caster with like demon abilities you literally take a demonic form and become super tanky and okay. and can join groups in that or mages can heal with their arcane powers um there's a, a number of different ways that they in the original style and intent of the game tried to remake it to make it that much more interesting to add to empower some of the existing abilities but to also alter some and make them more interesting like hunters could dismiss their pet and just have the hunter be more like a ranger where they can carve you with their axes and you know shoot you with their bow and they have enhanced abilities when their pets dismissed like that's just part of their skill set as an option but the runes the way that it's done uh you can modify them as long as you're not in battle pretty much any time um you can change them out on your gear and it it just gives you different abilities depending on what you're doing. Um, and so as a result of this, day one, which was November 30th, not that long ago, three weeks ago, uh, it was jam-packed. Servers were queued and there were, you know, thousands of people trying to get in and play this 20 year old game uh again for the first time in some cases but again and it was it it very appropriately named to be called season of discovery because everything you did felt like i am rediscovering elements of this game that i never considered could exist in this game and and the way they introduced it the way they made it like Oh, I found this thing. Does anybody know what you're supposed to do with it? Like, no, I have no idea. It, it became very community focused, problem solving. Like, 
Well, have you tried shooting it with fire? Oh, that actually works. Oh, okay. Well, what what happened? Like, I don't know. I think I need more people. And so it's like suddenly there's interest in people, community. Like the the whole thing feels like a, a hard reset. And then on top of that, in addition to all these new abilities and ways to play the game, they also redid old dungeons in the form of a raid gave it new bosses new abilities um pretty interesting that they've redone that and then they've also released a timeline that they're going to cap uh two more stages before getting to the full level cap so it'll be up to 40 50 and then and then 60 is the final and they're redoing content along the way redoing raids along the ra- uh, along the way and also releasing new runes, new zones, new abilities. Basically taking a game that used to exist, revamping it completely, giving it a whole new spin, whole new facelift, with a lot of the same elements that you're used to, that you know and love, and it's been wonderful. And the community, of course, is the biggest aspect of that. So, pretty happy with the rollout of this. I've been playing here and there i obviously i have a lot more commitments than i used to but once the kids are in bed if i've got a couple hours and i'm not too exhausted like i'll i'll play for a couple hours in the evening and and that's been just a ton of fun so really really happy with this game which is not something i thought i would say plus i didn't have to pay for it it's just a subscription um cuz the game is you know 20 plus years old at this point um and you mentioned before one of your friends was also playing WoW again. I did. Is it this version of it? Do you know? I have no idea. I just know WoW Classic. Because, I mean, this is WoW Classic, but it's the Season of Discovery specifically. Yeah, I don't know. Is that like a separate thing you load up? or So you load up WoW Classic and then get on the Season of Discovery servers. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, so I do not know. it's certainly possible. It is possible. Um, okay, fair enough. Yeah, pretty cool. Um, if you, it, listener, if you have ever at any point enjoyed this game in any capacity, but especially the older original versions of the game, definitely give this a shot. It is so much fun. Um, I'm still discovering, and and learning new ways to play the game and it's one of those things where sure i could look up every every ability and like how do i get this rune and what do i have to do to get this or i could just keep playing the game and literally discover things on my own and feel like i'm actually accomplishing things and you know rediscovering why i enjoyed this game in the first place so thanks yeah it's been a lot of fun. Glad you're enjoying it. Hey, Josh, you should uh, play World of Warcraft. I do not like World of Warcraft. No, I know. It's okay. Not everybody's perfect. It is not for me. But yeah, it's the one that has caught my attention the most, has made it the most interesting for me this year. I was, I was part of the hype, talking to a few different friends of mine, Fraternity Brothers just people in general that I know and uh, the hype plus the release plus the continued play feels like it's 
most appropriate to be my number one. And so I'm kind of a no-brainer at this point. But anyway, what is your number one? My number one is also a video game. My game of the year this year. Um, I was very surprised that something was able to dethrone Tears of the Kingdom because I came out of that experience in May going, yeah, no, this is this is going to be it. I'm pretty sure this is going to be my game of the year because it does all these crazy things that games have never really done before or it does them in ways that like no one had ever really done them before, right? Uh, and then Alan Wake 2 came out uh, in mm, late October, I want to say. Uh, and by the time I finished that, I went, I, this has to be my game of the year. This is, I think, my favorite piece of media I've played all year. Uh, I was very surprised by this, because I was not going into it with that high of expectations, comparatively. I played Alan Wake 1. I really liked it. I, I, okay, let me rephrase this way. I liked the storytelling in Alan Wake 1, and I liked... Um, the vibes and I like what they're doing. They're very much doing like, oh, here's some Twin Peaks mashed up with Stephen King stuff. Um, the gameplay part of Alan Wake one is like just okay. Um, there's like these dark people that have been infested by the darkness and you have to shine your flashlight on them to burn the darkness away and then you can shoot them. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's kind of the whole game. It's kind of everything you're doing in that game. Which is fine, you know, it gets a bit, it gets repetitive by the end, certainly. Um, and so, uh, in the year since, uh, most recent, their most recent game in 2019 was Control, um, and I absolutely adored that game. That game, gameplay-wise, was extremely fun, really creative in some interesting ways, and narratively, I just, they, they're doing tons of really fascinating stuff. So I, I was going into Alan Wake 2 with higher expectations on, well, the last game they made was really good. Um, hopefully this one will also be really good, but also they're making a sequel to a game that like the gameplay part of it, I just thought was okay. What they're doing in Alan Wake 2 is they are doing a ton of different things that just no one has ever done in a video game before. Um, in the way I, the most specifically the ways that they're blending, um, video footage of actual actors and portraying these characters and gameplay in game gameplay stuff or game versions of the characters they're doing that in ways no one has ever done before um it is so so uh within, within the industry generally speaking when video games when you're talking about real life video footage that's generally referred to as fmv so i'm going to be using that term here Usually FMV video games are, everything's FMV. There's, everything that's happening is, you know, there's not like digital graphics so much that you're just doing, you know, video footage and you're making decisions that's giving you different video footage. That's usually what an FMV game is. Or like you might have a cutscene in a video game that's FMV and then it goes back to the gameplay. And Remedy um, Entertainment, the studio that made, that made Alan Wake 2, They've played around with FMV stuff in their games, having little side videos of FMV, um, or um, in one of their games, Quantum Break, they had like entire episodes of a TV show that they made interspersed between the levels of the game. Um, so they've been trying, playing around with these ideas before. Um, in all the story sequences in Alan Wake 2, there is like I, not quite constant 
layering of FMV and gameplay, but like most of the time it's like layering different elements of FMV stuff that's happening over top of gameplay in some really, really fascinating ways. You're switching back and forth between two protagonists. You've got the titular Alan Wake, who I'm going to get into a little bit of spoilery stuff here. So if you're sensitive to that, I guess skip ahead. Um, at the end of Alan Wake 1, Alan has been um, trapped in the Dark Place. Um, and that's where he spends the majority of this game, where he's in the Dark Place, and you're playing his sections there. And then you're flipping back and forth between him and the other protagonist, Saga Anderson, who is an FBI agent who is investigating um, things surrounding Alan's disappearance. Um, and she is in the town of Bright Falls where the first game took place. And so you're kind of doing some like murder, like murder mystery stuff going on in that town um, and its environs. Um, Whereas Alan in the Dark Place is like this weird nightmare version of New York that's just got like swirling mist everywhere and shadow creatures coming to try and murder you and all kinds of crazy stuff going on there. Um, but uh, the thing, uh, there's a couple things I specifically want to mention that they're doing creative beyond just saying, hey, the FMV layering is really interesting. Um, there are segments every time you start up one of the Alan Wake sections of the game. Alan is waking up in the dressing room of a like a like a nightly talk show, like a Jay Leno type thing or something. Okay, and you load up in the room, and there is a TV that is showing on the TV is a still frame of live action the guy that they modeled in-game Alan Wake's face on is a Finnish actor. And click on the TV, you walk up and interact with the TV, and the camera goes in, zooms into that TV thing, and now you are watching a talk show episode of the, the actors portraying these in-game characters going back and forth and doing a talk show episode about Alan Wake and him writing a book and what that experience has been like. Hmm which is weird. They're getting into some weird meta stuff. The second segment, the second Alan Wake story segment, you show up back there and you are going, you, you got that still frame again. You zoom in on it. It starts the, this video thing with the video segment again, where they're doing talk show and they're like, okay, this time it's like, you've brought a song for us. Right. And he's like, yeah, you know, a song to go through it. And it starts a musical segment where they're doing a musical performance talking, singing about Alan Wake's life and the various things that have happened in his story. And a metal band is playing the music and integrating them singing the chorus, various choruses of this song in there. And then inter like you're, you're starting with that video and then it like partway through, it cuts to you're the gameplay Alan again, and you are walking through an environment where uh, you're like, going through the um, backstage areas of this talk show and screens everywhere are showing the musical stuff happening around you. And then the bat, then enemies start showing up and you are fighting enemies as the song is narrating what you're doing. And it is absolutely wild. No one has ever done anything like this before in a video game. It is incredibly mind blowing. It is just 
It is. It sounds kind of. I got crazy. through. It is. It is nuts. I got through that experience and I was just like, "This is my game." I no one's ever done this before. This is totally unique. I've never like you can't do. You couldn't do something like this outside of video games, right? Um, and so for me, it's just like, wow, they're really taking this medium and they're doing stuff that no one, not only has no one ever done before, but you couldn't do anywhere else, right? And so it's like uniquely special um, in, in video games. Uh, and then the other, the other main thing I want to mention here is there's a really cool mechanic that they get into with um, both Saga and Alan as your protagonists. Um, this, the Saga one is um, if you kind of hit the pause button in this game, rather like oh it's like oh you know a lot of things it's like oh you hit select and it takes you to the map screen or you can go through your character menus and look at your inventory and all that stuff um when instead in this game when you press that button it seamlessly instantly loads you into um what the game calls the mind place which is like a mind palace sort of thing where saga is she's got like this lodge room that she's imagining and there's like um like a a pin board where you know like the the investigation conspiracy theory like oh we've got like the the polaroids and like the pieces of yarn connecting them to organize the details of the case and everything or you're doing that you're building those types of connections to um to kind of sort out all the details of the mystery. And so you can just hit a button to swap back and forth between the mind place and the regular game at any time. Um, and so as you're going through these investigations and trying to uncover the mystery and stuff like that, you're going, okay, I've gotten new information. I'm going to pop over into the mind place and kind of organize my thoughts on this on the board. Um, okay. So you can have like a better, you're more like, okay. And then determining like, what exactly is going on here? There's a different mechanic with Saga where she can, um, I forget exactly what they call it. She's like, um, a profiling is what they call it. Um, where she's taking information, um, that you've learned and then like projecting and like thinking about things and making new discoveries based on how you like the organization you've done in the mind place. And that stuff's just really fascinating. Um, it's a really neat new mechanic that they've done that. I, again, is something I hadn't really seen anybody else do before. The Alan Wake version of that is um, it's another you see you toggle a button, but instead of going to what the game calls the mind place, instead you're going to the writer's room. And because he's in the dark place, it's just a, like the power of the dark place is that it's able to um, turn art into reality. You are able to impact the world around you by interjecting various ideas into the story that you're collecting as you go through the world and you interjecting an idea into a specific scene can change the physical geometry of that space depend because you put that different idea in and so that leads to some really interesting segments where it's like okay I need to be able to progress through here. So what if we interject the idea of this murder cult into this hotel scene? And that's going to shift what's happening here because um, I've changed the horror story. You know, um, I've, I've, I've changed the nature of this story and now I'm able to progress in ways that I wasn't able to before. Mm-hmm. So another really cool twist on that idea overall is they just took it in two different directions. So 
There's a ton of other really interesting stuff in this game that's really unique. I won't. I, I've already talked a ton about it, so I won't go any further. But um, this, just the amount of creativity here, and um, the, the actual game part where you're going around shooting the bad guys and stuff, also quite good and a lot better than what's in the first game. So, um, props to Remedy. They really did something totally unique and creative here, and it just blew me away. My favorite media of the year, Alan Wake 2. What a game. You know, I'm a little bit surprised to hear you uh, mention this game, considering I I don't think you've mentioned it at all leading up to this. Um, if you have, I, I definitely don't remember you mentioning it. Um, but it sounds super fascinating. I loved it. Way too complex for a game that I would be able to spend time or get into anytime soon. Um, but the concepts are really cool. It, you know what it kind of reminds me of is like a Christopher Nolan, if if he were to help create a video game, is what that kind of sounds like. A little bit of a mind twist and um, some, a little bit of horror elements to it, but kind of oh it's this is very very much a horror game also okay yeah survival horror but this is yeah straight up survival horror you're gonna be tight on ammo all the time it's like oh um there's there's a lot of jump scares um a lot of just existential horror as well um very cool yeah it's it's a lot more lynchian and stephen king-ish than it is nolan but okay fair enough um, i'm okay with that too yeah that sounds great um that's what they're going for. Certainly. Typically speaking, probably not a game that I'd really spend a lot of time with or play, but, um, it's not for everyone. But it sounds interesting. I definitely I'm, would watch somebody play it. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely able to recognize this is definitely not a game that's for everyone, but it could not possibly be more for me. That's why I love it so much. Very cool. Very much my jam. Okay. Well, hey, we uh, we did it. Yeah, and we're that's, our, that's we're the not, best media uh, of the year. We're not doing any kind of rearranging at this point. It just is what it is. Yeah, this isn't. We're not trying to create a unified list of what was the best media. No, we're just talking about our favorites. That's it. This was our favorites. Anything else that we didn't mention somewhere in this episode? Not worth going through. Mm. It's all trash. Everything else bad. I'm. You know, it it makes me okay. I'm actually okay with you saying that only because. You spent a good amount of time talking about Surf Ninjas, which means it is therefore not trash oh, and no. worth going uh, through. It didn't come out this year, though. Uh, but it's still worth going through. 2024 Surf Ninjas remake. Ooh. Man. Who replaces Leslie Nielsen? Uh, man. Patton Oswald. No. What? No, I, I feel like he's comedic already. Leslie Nielsen, in this case, is, like, so out of place as the... I mean, he's a comedic actor. Okay, yeah, but, like, it's completely out of place for him to be in this movie. It's very weird. It, yeah. It would, um, it would not be that weird for, Le- for Patton Oswalt to be in a Surf Ninjas reboot. It would be kind of weird, but not, like, no, Leslie he, Nielsen He'd weird. be the Rob Schneider character, <laughs> just oh, pretending no. to be 17 that's, that's, again. That's, that's mean to Patton Oswalt. Okay, okay, how about this? How about... He could be uh, their uncle or oh, their dad, right? Mac. Uh, sure. Yeah, he, he, he could, could be, do that. Yeah. Totally. Oh, man. That's funny. Uh, you know what? In a future episode, we should talk about if we were to remake Surf Ninjas today, who could we put in each of the roles 
and ensure that it's a, a success. I, I feel like that's a conversation worth having. But Dante Bosco in the movie. I don't know what part, but put him in there. He's so, great. Uh, hmm. No, we'll, we'll think about it. We'll think about it. I'm sure there's, there's a number of options. Oh, Billy Bob Thornton could be Leslie Nielsen's character. Yeah, perfect. There you go. I'd, I'd actually be completely okay with that. But, him, but he's also playing his character from Fargo. No. I mean, that's kind of what I was imagining when I said it. But <laughs> <laughs> Much more menacing than Leslie Nielsen. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, Leslie Nielsen was trying to be menacing, right? But com- comedic menacing. Comedic menacing. Oh, was that, was it you that hung up just a moment ago? They do that, they do that also, answering machine joke like four times in the movie. Yeah, also a bit that can't really be done now. So we're going to have to think about yeah. the equivalent bit for that. All right, you know what? We're yeah. just going to have to spiritually remake this entire movie. Well, yeah. I'll, I'll be looking for your inputs pretty soon. So let's think about that. Sounds good. Okay, well, you know what? Let's, uh, let's wrap it up then. Sure. Um, so yeah, listen. Thanks for taking the time to listen to us. We hope you enjoyed it. We certainly had a wonderful 2023. Um, you know, all jokes aside about the amount of time that we can actually spend watching media. Um, it, it was a good year. And, and I'm glad to have been along for the ride with everybody who's currently listening. And we welcome new listeners here into 2024. Let's hope it's another good year of yeah. going strong. Um, and our Real quick, I forgot a thing. Yeah. Uh, I did make uh, a very brief thing here of how much media I consumed of various types. Um, mm-hmm. Go for it. A few different types of media I journal fairly closely on what I consume. So I watched 65 movies this year. It's a lot. Uh, notably, not, not all things that came out this year very much. This is just everything I went through. I read 31 books this year, and I finished 81 video games. Nice. A lot of those video games were very short. Yeah, still a lot of older stuff but you know sweet that's pretty cool uh that being said we hope you will join us for the first episode of 2024 of which i believe we have decided the topic josh what did uh what did we say our next episode's going to be uh we thought it might be fun to do an episode where we find an actor and we do what's their top 10 roles um and then we were like well what could we both do that for and the person that we landed on the best for was samuel l jackson because boy he's been in a lot of movies so we're not doing his top 10 movies we're doing his top 10 roles so like if you were to say do a nick fury you can only pick nick fury once yep you know he's portrayed that character in 38 movies samuel l jackson was at my family thanksgiving and uh we're uh, getting our plates after um, having just finished cooking the meal and starting to put food on our plate and we're, we're passing things around and we're like, Sam, would you, would you like a roll? He says, yes, I never pass on a roll. That's how you know he's been in a lot of movies. I think close to 300 movies he's been in. You can insert the laughter or the groaning from the dad joke. <laughs> into the the post production <laughs> audio. That sounded more like uh, "Feel Good Ink" with the gorillas. Feel good. <laughs> That's what it reminded me of. Anyway, 
yeah, that'll be fun. We'll um we'll be discussing the roles specifically, not just the movies, because like you said, Nick Fury is one instance, but like his role in Django, pretty interesting. Um he's been in a lot of Quentin Tarantino movies, but he's also been in a lot of movies in general. Snakes on a plane. I mean Never watched so that. of all of his roles specifically which were the best. It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting the way that we approach this conversation because I feel like there's a lot of variation that could come from this. Yeah, it'll be fun to go through. So, you know what? With that being said, I think we're, we've done it. We've created a podcast. We've rounded out 2023 completely. It's our first year we've done the podcast from the beginning of the year to the end of the year. Start to finish. Most successful podcasters on the planet, and you know, quite possibly, get out of here, McElroy brothers. The, psh, the McElroy brothers, we could take them. Especially, I mean, there's, there's three of them. There's only two of us. Especially Travis. Yeah, it was a good year. Oh, you know what? Honorable mention: the episode of the podcast that I wasn't on. <laughs> That's true. That one was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, not because I wasn't on it, but it was, it was pretty entertaining. I enjoyed it. Video games. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Tony Hawk's a good game. I've played him. Um, yeah. So that being said, I think we're good to go. Let's, uh, let's wrap up this shindig. Let's do it. And remember, with a little practice, I can screw up the end line. You did. You messed it up. Okay. I've been Josh. No. And I've been up until Scott next time. Friendship. Take care, folks. Twelve twenty-one. Why is this date familiar? That's today. I get that, but it's significant for some reason. Dun, 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 Do you feel like it's somebody's anniversary? The 21st night of December. No, I don't think that's the song. All right. Let's change in the minds of pretenders. No, you were changing the lyrics of this song. We should get started. Yeah.